Welcome to the Small Business Show. We created a platform to have candid and in-depth conversations with entrepreneur and business professional we find fascinating. Learn the tips and tricks for marketing, running, and growing a small business. The Small Business Show is the official podcast of Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. You're listening to the Small Business Shows. I'm your host, Swire. My guest today is Ted Lau. He's the CEO of Ballistic Art. Ted has founded a company in 2002, and Ballistic Art is a high-touch award-winning lead generation digital marketing agency that focuses on online lead generation and brand awareness for North America's best-known brand, B2B professional service providing companies, and membership-based association. Ballistic Art has full division in lead generation digital marketing, graphic design, video production, and web development. How are you doing, Ted? I'm good, Swire. How are you? Good. First, wonder congratulations. Uh, it's your turn twentieth years for Elastic Art, so that yeah, must yeah. be you must be really proud. Well, absolutely, and, and thank you for inviting me on the show. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, twenty years is is uh, kind of a blink of an eye, and also a bit of a lifetime ago. Um, I started it. And I started Ballistic Arts, which is my agency, in the room above my parents' garage in, in 2002. And uh, we started as a video production company um, well before, you know, YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that. And then we kind of slowly merged and, and grew and got into graphic design work and got into web development. And then we got into real estate development marketing for about a decade. And then the last few years, we've really uh, grown our work into lead generation digital marketing, where we help business to business, high niche companies grow their leads, get leads, get business and grow their bottom line. When you first started up until the way that we are now, has it changed a lot or it just different platform that we use, but then the concept, you would say it re- remains similar to what you have started before. You know, that's a good question. I, I also host a, a podcast and I, uh, with a lot of marketers and I ask them the same question. And I've never actually had that question posed to me, but I think a lot of things have changed, but a lot of things have stayed the same. I studied communications um, in, in my day in, in post-secondary and there's a scholar who's long con uh, named uh, Marshall McLuhan. And he had a saying, the medium is the message. And I think, yeah, absolutely. The medium has changed a lot, right? Uh, when I first started, uh, Google, I think, had just started. YouTube didn't even exist. Facebook didn't exist. And so the type of marketing that you, we, we did was, you know, create videos on VHS tapes. Uh, for, for the <laughs> listeners and the, the viewers that are younger, VHS tapes are these rectangular black uh, things that you put into a, a thing called a VCR um, and it would play, play videos. And uh, websites didn't really exist and whatnot. But in terms, so, so all the things had changed, right? So we went from like standard definition video to now we're, we're at 4k video websites. We used to hard code websites in HTML and then it went to flash. And now there's all sorts of, you know, CSS and all that kind of stuff that we have, obviously. Uh, and then social media has, has really taken it by storm where our team is growing our TikTok uh, type of skill set so that we can help our clients grow as the new platforms come on. So the mediums have changed, but I think how people 
consume their their marketing and what really matters to them really hasn't changed, right? Ultimately, at the end of the day, we're still speaking to people and people want to be valued and they want to know that uh, that the brands that they support align with their own values. I think a lot of that has come to the forefront in today's day and age, but I think the successes of uh, you know way back when was was very similar. It's just how we deliver that message is is a little bit different. Yeah, I always tell my son, you know, who likes to play video games, I told him that if I'm born right now, I'll probably be a streamer playing games every day. You know, usually Mm -hmm. my mom said, you know, if you don't play games and you don't get good grades and, you know, you're going to be nobody. But then now, obviously, you can just snap, say, you know, you, you know how much these streamers makes a year. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's really funny because uh, that you say that. I remember, you know, I, I started a video production company because I watched a ton of television. Right. Growing up in the suburbs, uh, you know, my dad comes home. He's always like, why are you just sitting on the couch watching TV? And yeah, a lot of it was just, you know, brain kind of mush kind of television. But as I started understanding really what makes a difference between great storytelling and regular storytelling that really helped me with my development as a marketer. And so, you know, for those young parents out there that have kids that are playing video games that are streaming all the time, I I wouldn't actually discourage them all that much because who knows what the future holds with NFT and the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. There's tons of people making a ton of money being, you know, Twitch streamers, YouTubers, influencers. So you never know. I think it's not easy. It's not just, you know, you play games and you put a camera in front of you and then people are going to watch. It's very competitive out there. So it's actually, you know, the amount of work, you know, you got to be good, you know, playing games and you got to be funny or watchable. It's easy to start, right? But then it's really difficult to, to build the audience. Just like, you know, when we have a business, you know, you can start a business anytime, you know, anywhere, but then are you able to find the the product and services that people will go after and can you sustain your business? So which brings me to a different question. I think you will be the perfect person to ask. You know, you said that, you know, empathy leadership is more important than ever today. And since you have been through some ups and downs, you know, I can Mm -hmm. tell from 2002 up, up until 2022, you have seen things happen. Why do you say that? And why do you think that empathy leadership is more important today? That's been that's been a journey for me uh, for some time in terms of empathy leadership. I, I you know I come from um, you know an immigrant family where hugs and kisses might be a, a far to, uh, you know few and far between, harder to come by, and that kind of tough love situation uh, was a very very common scenario in my life. And the the type of leaders that I saw and the kind of business people that I knew were very much you know uh, was it shape up or ship out right? That was the saying. And I found that as the millennials came on, and I'm technically an elder millennial, but as you know, our generation came on, there was a lot of uh, older leaders that were complaining, you know, oh, millennials are so soft and feely and all that kind of stuff. But, but ultimately, really, what mattered was you were dealing with a human being. And you're there even as a leader to serve them, to really help them grow their careers, help them grow as human beings. And I found that being vulnerable and really trying to understand the other person's shoes, where they are at and meeting them where they are at is much more powerful and effective when it comes to leadership, when it comes to inspiring people, because 
people know what they want or where they want to go. Maybe they don't explicitly tell you, or maybe even they inside don't, don't exactly know, but they have, everyone has a little compass and a meter. And if you're able to tap into that, that's really, really crucial. And I think the first step in doing that is a lot of self-exploration. I had to deal, I had to learn a lot of self-compassion and, and a lot of vulnerability uh, and, and acceptance of like where I'm at and what I can control and what I cannot. I think as entrepreneurs, we are, you know, kind of on our own and we have to do and fend for ourselves as best as we can. And a lot of the times when we fail, at least I remember for myself, it was very much like everything was my fault. Everything was on my shoulders. There's lots of pressure that I would give myself. And it was kind of really unnecessary. I, I, I come across a lot of um, leaders that would ask me, you know, you know, without being hard on yourself, how are you going to motivate yourself to, to, to grow, so to speak? And I have found that by giving myself a little bit more space to go, you know what, at the end of the day, these are the things I can control. These are the things I cannot. And recognizing the difference and recognizing the fact that, you know, we're all just human beings trying to make a go of it. It actually gave me that little gap between stimulus and reaction I think Viktor Frankl says this, and that gives you a lot of power in terms of what you can do next. And that starting there with who I was allowed me to show authentic vulnerabilities to my team and then be able then to connect with them on a more human and compassionate level. And I think that has really helped in this day and age, especially with the great resignation and and people coming and going in in your agency or your business. There's really not much that we can do about it. But what we can do is in the moment, be present with those human beings and work together for something better for ultimately for our clients and and the planet. You touch on a lot of good points. You know, for example, you know, we started our conversation of what has changed in terms of technology, right? The platform that we can use to market ourselves. But then the, the deep concept, the fundamental is still the same. So as a business owner now, you in the uh, you have all the experience, right? But then there got to be a point that you don't understand the new technology, or there might be someone out there who are better at those technology than you are. But then you know, think about that. Instead of fighting them and try to control them, micromanaging them, the concept is still the same. You know, for those people who might be good at doing one thing, might actually look out to you as a more seasoned professional for your experience. You know, because the wisdom never changed and. You can only get more wisdom as you get older. <laughs> well, um, that's the hope that, you know, uh, get more wisdom. But I, I don't know. I've, I've been told that more gray hairs mean more wisdom. But sometimes I think more gray hairs just mean, you know, a, a little a little too much stress. And, and you got you to gotta take a step back and, and breathe. Sorry to interrupt you, but I, I did, you know, note your point about getting a little bit maybe uh, stressed or micromanaging when when you have folks that are coming on your your team that might have better skill sets than you and i i actually very early on learned that you know i can't do everything mm-hmm. um and and when we started we did everything right we i was the uh, you know i think a lot of people uh when they start their business you joke you know i'm i'm the bottle washer the chief bottle washer the janitor or whatever the the accountant and i did all of it i didn't obviously wash bottles. We didn't have any bottles. I didn't really do janitorial. Actually, I did do some janitorial stuff because we have an office. Um, but uh, in terms of the the video and the website, I would program, I would send out the, 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 the receipts and follow up on invoices and, 
And then I would, um, you know, go film and, and shoot photography and all this kind of stuff. And when I was able to start letting go, one of my mentors had said, Ted, you know, surround yourselves with people that are smarter than you. At first I thought, you know, this is crazy. This guy is, you know, makes seven, at least seven figures, you know, and why would he say that? Like every, anyone around him is making some substantially less, but it's not measured in dollars. Sometimes it's measured in skill set. And so, you know, he has a particular skill set that he was able to, to lead a very large, you know, billion dollar asset managed company. Um, and he has that, but he, he doesn't have the skill sets where he can, you know, maybe do HR. Maybe he's not the best HR guy or the best marketing person or the best um, finance person or the best, you know, uh, inventory facility manager, whatever you insert. And I think that's what I started to realize. It took a long time because I did feel a little bit, you know, threatened, like, oh man, this, this person's actually better skilled than me. Like, what if he goes off and becomes my competitor? And I think a lot of small business people think that way. But ultimately, most people in the world don't actually want to be a small business owner. It's a lot of stress, right? They just want to get a job, get a paycheck, do what they love to do. And when I started to realize that, that I could provide an environment where people with talent, creative people can thrive and grow their careers, that kind of uh, made me feel a lot more at ease and uh, gave me a lot more breathing room to kind of, kind of just try different things and, and whatnot, because I don't have to, I don't have to understand every little thing. I haven't programmed a website since 2005, you know, uh, but we do websites. I don't, I'm not even personally all that much on social media. I don't live on TikTok yet. You know, we run a digital marketing agency and I just trust a really good team and away we go. As a good entrepreneur, you know, you create the environment that could, that would attract the talent to come work for you. It's not, you have to be the smartest one in the room. I would trade any time for, you know, the smartest talent working for you. You know, you could just know where to find them, attract them and make sure that, you know, their needs are uh, met. So there are actually, because there are, people have options now. You know, I, I see how many contacts that I have on LinkedIn change jobs for the past two years. There must be a, a special ways to keep it to them. And, you know, it's your job as, you know, the business owner, the entrepreneur to provide the environment that they're looking for. I think so. And, and ultimately, you know, we do it as, as small business owners because I don't know, I, I joke kind of half joke that, you know, I'm certifiably unemployable. You know, I've been doing this 20 years. This is really all I, I know other than some, you know, co-op job that I had done through my university days. This was really my, my full-time gig ever since I got out of school. You know, you as, entre as entrepreneurs, you, you, we get to, we get to say, you know, how the environment goes. We get to say, this is what we want because ultimately we build that environment. And if you're able to build an environment, or at least I found that if I've been able to build an environment where I'm not so stressed and I'm not crazy and, and, you know, pulling out my hair, then I think that bodes well with the environment that we have with, with our team. Now, given, you know, it's a global economy now and, and, you know, we talent can be, can be poached and taken from anywhere in the world. It's become very, very competitive for small business owners like you and I to, to retain good talent. And I think that continues to be probably for the next few years, the, the biggest challenge that we're, we're all going to see. And so for me, it's, it's not really about, and, you know, I know how they said, uh, you know, get the foosball table in the shower. Like we all work from home. So there's no foosball table and hopefully they just use their own showers. But ultimately it's about whether or not we're able to help them get to where they want to go. 
And even if it's for a shorter amount of time, I think that's okay. And you and and we've just had to learn to uh, start building different channels for for labor, be it you know maybe some contractor uh, backfilling work, uh, learning how to fill our bench a bit more finding fun, different incentives while everyone's still working from home. There's a lot of different things that we can still learn and, and grow as a, as a, as a small company. And we continue to do that. That's a perfect let on to, to my question. And you wrote that on the notes that you sent me. <laughs> I looked at it for a, a little while and I said, did he really say that? So you said, no one knows what the hell they're doing and that's okay. It's true. I mean, did anybody predict a global pandemic? We could all put bets on to how many shots we're going to get, how many variants. We have no idea, right? And all we can really control is the present moment and what we have at our disposal, what we can control. And so I half jokingly said, you know, no one knows what the hell they're doing because, you know, I've been doing this 20 years, run my own show, I've grown a team of about 20 folks. Um, it's, it's a, you know, a small seven figure kind of business and it, it, it does its thing. But ultimately, you know, you can plan was, was there's a saying, was it, um, man plans and God laughs, right? Because how many times have you done? Cause I know I have, I've done, you know, three year goals, 10 year goals, you know, six month goals, th- 30 day goals, right? Like we, we will do, and we still have our goals. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. We set annual goals. And then we break it down by um, every quarter we have goals. And then every month we have those goals and things change, right? Like I've had people where I thought would never leave the agency because they've said, I will never leave the agency. And then they go off and get an opportunity where, you know, they can't pass it up. And so you've planned all this stuff around them and their growth and their career and all that kind of stuff. And, but ultimately, you know, life happens. I think that's okay. I think a lot of the times, at least for myself, I used to in the past put myself down and, and just go, oh my gosh, you know, I spent all this time and energy and all that kind of, but that's not really going to help. It is what it is. I think a lot of sports uh, people say this, right? It is what it is. And, and, and I'm a big New England Patriots fan and Bill Belichick is famous for saying we're on to Cincinnati. And so the idea, and this, for those of you who don't actually watch football, you know, they, they, the New England Patriots at the time had just got pummeled by a, a team. I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs. And everyone's like, oh, the Belichick Brady era is over. And this was like three or four years before Brady moved to Tampa. And Belichick was just like, nope. We're, like, people were asking, like, oh, is this over? Is this over? Is this is the party over? And blah, blah, blah. What do you guys do? And he's like, every answer, every question to, to every question was, we're on to Kansas City. Or sorry, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. The next game, the next thing. So, when I say we don't know what the hell we're doing, it, it, it just basically means is like, well, I think we all can plan as much as we can, but ultimately life will happen. And it's how you react and what you do next. What can you do within our control? I think that's, that's really the key that I've learned moving forward. I want to point out an example. And both my kids are in scouts, right? Mm-hmm. So they have us put together an emergency kit in case of fire, gas leak, earthquake, whatever. No one has prepared us to buy toilet paper in our emergency kit. And I remember <laughs> when the pandemic started, like there's no toilet paper. Like we have to drive so far and almost back for toilet paper. So putting that into an entrepreneur's perspective, you know, we can be prepared, you know, we could be ready, but then sometimes it just things throw at us that, you know, we have to respond. And I think what separates the good and the bad entrepreneurs, you know, how well they prepare, how well do they really know their, their craft? So we have to face the changes that come for us every day. 
are we able to adapt? Are we able to accept that these are the situation? For the past couple of years, there are people who are embracing the change. They're doing pretty well, but then there are some of us that refuse to make the changes. You know, so those are people usually are you know kind of struggling or you know can pivot. People use that word a lot to pivot with the situation that are around us right now. Yeah, I think a couple of things I'd, I'd add to that point is one, uh, embracing change and accepting the situation. This is something that I would resist. You know, I had this very weird way of thinking in my younger days where I thought I could control everything, you know, manifest destiny and, and that kind of stuff. And while, you know, some of that, there's some truth in that, really ultimately where I found peace is being able to accept uh, the situation. And and some people would call it embracing the suck. I don't even like to use that part of it, right? The, the negative connotation, just accepting where where the, the moment is. And then from there, understanding what we can do and, and, and go from there. I think the second point that I want to bring up is your note about preparation. So on, on my podcast, Marketing News Canada, which you can find on, you know, everywhere you can get podcasts, Spotify and, and Apple and whatnot. One of the highlights of my my podcast hosting career so far was an interviewing a, an astronaut, a very famous Canadian astronaut by the name of Chris Hadfield. He's a kind of award-winning book writer. Um, he, he's written a fiction book and, and a bunch of uh, nonfiction books as well. And so one of his nonfiction books that he wrote was an autobiography called The Astronaut, uh, Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. And the big thing that he talked about is preparation. That, you know, in, and they would prep, prepare, because even when you go in space, like all these things can happen. Like space out there is out to kill you. You cannot, human beings cannot survive in space. And so he would have, they would have these exercises at NASA to, to basically create and figure out all these different ways of things that could go wrong. And they would prep and drill for it. Now, when I asked him like, well, I, I don't, I can't prepare every single thing that could possibly do that. Like that would drive me nuts. And he's like, well, you know, then play the odds figure out what is probably the most likely thing that will happen and prep for that. And then so when that inevitably may happen, maybe it won't, great. But if it does, you'll have a game plan. And, you know, he he just did a very simple thing. Like, how many people do fire drills at home? And he asked me, Ted, do you do fire? I'm like, oh, no, right? I'm, uh, you know, I did fire drills at school, but I didn't do it at home. And so... He, he, he suggested, invited me to, to consider doing that. And that weekend we did it. And now we know where the fire extinguishers are, know what to do, where we would meet as a family and so that we would be safe. And I thought that was really interesting. And, and so I've been thinking about, you know, things that could inevitably, quote unquote, go wrong, you know, in, in the business and, and things that, you know, for, for instance, the new year, lots of people decide that they want to change careers or do something different. And when you have a business where your inventory are your people, right? Like I, that's a very crass way of saying it, but I, you know that where your resources, your 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 efforts, what you're selling ultimately as a business is time and 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 people's people's time. When those people go, well, w- what do you do? And so we have to create a, a better game plan so that when things like that happen, we're prepared for it. And so we've we're slowly doing it. It's not perfect, and we'll keep iterating and iterating. And I think. Uh, take it from the astronaut, Chris Hadfield. You can find him on, I think, chrishadfield.ca. Ted, I think I have to ask you 
this question for you to be on the show. You know, you have your own podcast. You talk to a lot of you know, great, smart people. What do you see the trend in marketing and what should we watch out for as a small business professional? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a little plug here is on January 26th, next Wednesday, because I'm speaking to the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce on, you know, top 10 tips on on how, you know, small business owners can do it themselves on digital marketing to drive leads. And so some of the, you know, tips that I'll, I'll be talking about are things like, you know, how to create better online word of mouth. So a lot of small business owners, especially the business to business type business owners are always like, wow. And it's, you know, it's been two years since the pandemic started almost. And a lot of, a lot of business to business guys are still like, no, I get my business by, you know, my contacts and my network and all that kind of stuff. Well, how has it worked for you over COVID? Is that, is that really like, there's no networking events. So where are you going to meet people? And so we've started helping our clients build online word of mouth. So for those of uh, you know, that, that haven't done that, you know, I'll give some, some tips on like some, some, some suggestions, right? So like just consider 93% of consumers on the internet, you know, find a local business last year, like 93%. Most of these industries were like restaurants, hotels, medical, automotive, and, and clothing. But you got to think like as a business to business owner, you might also need that because people, I think it said, 73% of consumers only pay attention to reviews written in the last month and 48 of them um, will only consider using a business with four or more stars, right? So you gotta, you gotta think like, okay, well, how can I improve my online word of mouth? So things like Google my business, like that is super easy. If you, you don't have Google created for your business, like a Google my business, go on, like they'll show you how to do it. It's super easy. And start getting really your your top clients, the people that love you, that you've emotionally gotten a response from your service, your product, get those people to review you. And then if you're an industry-specific area, go find the Yelp of your industry. There's going to be one. There's like house for home builders. There's clutch for, for agency owners like myself, where you can just go online and get people to review you and get better ratings. Because those platforms will always have better SEO and better organic than you will. So if you can get on there and get better reviews, that is one way to build really good uh, online word of mouth. Two other things I would talk about is email marketing. Email's not dead. And I, I actually thought, oh man, spam and all this kind of stuff. Email is dead and all this kind of stuff. And email is not actually dead. Because if you think about a few years ago, when there was all that anti-spam legislation that came out where we were trying to block spammers, and a lot of small businesses are like, well, how are we supposed to grow? But actually, it ended up helping small businesses because now you have an actual database that is yours. If you think about all the, all the platforms that we try to market on, Facebook, TikTok, Google, Twitter, the big data that you tap into is not yours, right? The big data that you tap into is another platform that you pay to play, right? That's the term, pay to play. But if you think about your own database, your own, that's your database to do with, to trick out, to, you know, segment, whatever you need to do. And if you can protect that well, and you can create really great information that resonates to your audience emotionally, not, not something that's like, oh, we want an award. Look at us. We're so awesome. Don't talk about things that are great for your business. Talk about things that will actually help the, the, your, 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 your customer, your client. And that is really what you, you want to focus on. Email isn't dead. And probably the last thing that I'll, I'll put in, cause I don't want to give everything away 
is try, try some new things like chatbots, something as easy as chatbots, right? That way, it, it, it's like a... There was a stat out there, and I'm going to share it right now. There was a stat that basically says that most people, millennials and younger, would prefer to talk to a chatbot than a human being, right? Because if you know, you and I, I lost a package with FedEx, okay? Now, FedEx is probably a bad example because their chatbot was just as bad as their human being, but their human being was pretty bad. Sorry, FedEx, if you improved your service, I, I went, I went, you know, ride you like this, but it was, it was very frustrating, right? And so, um, I finally got my my thing. The driver is actually super nice, but the the actual service of interacting of where my package is was really frustrating. And so, if you're able to have a chatbot that would move through uh, some of your service, one, it'll reduce the resources on your t- on your time, but two, it might help on the on the marketing side because it will build a really better brand experience. So definitely, everyone uh, check out the uh, TED's event at LA Chamber. It's uh, next Wednesday at the twenty sixth. So Ted, if the listener has a specific question wanted to ask you, what is the best way to reach out to you? Well, you know what? LinkedIn is, is a really good way of, of reaching out to me. Uh, also, my website, ballisticarts.com. Uh, check us out there. We have a lot of blog information and all that kind of stuff. You can also listen to me as I co-host on Marketing News Canada. You can, you can find that. Um, on Apple, Spotify, wherever. You can always check me out with, with Swire. He knows where I am too. So you could always reach out to him and, and get to me that way. Thank you so much, Tad. Love the conversation that we're having and uh, looking forward to your webinar ne- next week. Yeah, absolutely, Swire. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And you know, if I can say uh, anything to uh, any tips that I would give to small business owners is that, you know what? Ultimately, we are the backbone of the economy, the global economy. So keep your head up and, you know, uh, not every day is going to be that, uh, that sucky. And um, some days are going to actually be pretty good. So keep it up. Thank you. Thanks, Wire.